Hi, welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm Florence. I'm your host. I have lived in Phoenix since 1999. Before that, I lived in Chicago and was born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer since 1999, and throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. Please join me on this journey in finding grace and contentment in the practice of law. I put out an episode last week, and this week I'm doing another episode, and then I'll skip. I'll be back to my um, week on, week off. Um, I am going to be traveling next weekend, which is now presenting its new, I mean, I want to say new, but I guess it's not new, returning series of... um, anxiety. You know, we had like these couple of months in, I would say, April, May, June, July, where it really felt like things were getting to be glorious again. People were booking travel, people were planning their weddings, people were doing large events, and now there's these um, new COVID outbreaks. And I'll tell you this on a personal level, I'm anecdotally, as I'm like hearing from clients, friends, family, I'm hearing lots of stories about people getting COVID. Um, Thankfully, it seems like it's less hospitalizations, which maybe that is the result of something good, but just on like a day-to-day basis, I'm hearing from people who say they have it and people who've gone on trips and came back with it. People whose old families are getting it. It's getting to be, oh, stressful. (laughs) I definitely have COVID burnout and that's the subject I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about burnout, but more in the sense of, I'll talk about a general burnout. So you can have a burnout from anything. You could have a fatigue from anything. It can be fatigue in the sense that you're not getting enough sleep, that you're worrying too much, that uh, you're traveling too much, um, you're working too much, you're doing too much at home. It can be any kind of fatigue. But a type of fatigue that lawyers get and a lot of people in the service profession I imagine it could be bartenders, also pastors, um, doctors, of course, anyone in the medical profession, therapists. Um, I know I'm missing all sorts of um, occupations. I think it could even be if you worked in Arizona and you run an air conditioning company, you can probably have a compassion fatigue because... People are just calling you when they have bad news about their air conditioners, which is what um, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about fatigue in general, but I'm also going to talk about compassion fatigue. 
So I'm using the perspective as being a lawyer, of course, because that's what I do, and I can put it in that perspective. But there's so many people in the professions that I named and then also ones that I'm not even thinking of, probably bankers and accountants. I mean, there's all sorts of people who are going to be in in roles where people come to them with, frankly, like, bad news and they need some sort of relief or answers or assistance and for me as a lawyer it is every day Um, I was on a trip a couple of weeks ago and I got back from Coronado my first full day back in the office which was a Monday like my first working day I actually came in the whole weekend and worked because I had to prep for being gone for four days <laughs> still like like disgruntled about it like I was gone for four days and had to work a whole weekend to get past being gone for four days so anyways Monday was my first real day back in the office the first business day I had a stack of messages and besides the stack of messages the phone rang all day too And I had to schedule all sorts of appointments in the upcoming two weeks. um, My week that I was coming back fresh was instantly filled up. And then I had to schedule appointments for the following week and then the week after. Again, this is from being gone for four days. All the appointments are just, everyone's having issues. I mean, that's what I deal with as a lawyer. So on Tuesday the 17th, I did appointments and court hearings starting from 9 to 7 p.m., 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. And during that day, I did a family law hearing. I did, I can't even remember the other type of hearing that I did. Um, hmm, I'm losing it. I did another hearing during the day. And then I had hearings, or I had meetings one after another did a bunch of estate planning meetings, uh, family law, real estate, uh, a, a meeting regarding getting out of a timeshare, like you name it, I'm doing meetings nonstop. So by the end of the evening, and my day ended up being, I didn't get home till eight o'clock because my six o'clock meeting, 6 p.m. turned it into a 7 p.m. The person was hitting a lot of traffic and um, I knew they were on their way, and so I still wanted to accommodate them, even though I was exhausted. While I was waiting for them, I took off my shoes, and I sat on a soft sofa that I have in my office, and would close my eyes for a few minutes. I alternated between closing my eyes and reading from the Bible, just trying to relax a little bit after the day, and also have enough energy to do this next meeting and the following day I had to be back in the office at 8:30 for a day of depositions and then a day of district court clinic calls so I work with a district with a clinic for the district court and when you do those you do back-to-back calls and usually I have four but this time I had three but it worked out good because I was able to keep going with my depositions and get them done prior to the calls instead of take a break and come back. But after those two days, I was so tired, like so exhausted. And it really went into 
Friday, and on Friday I had one person who needed a meeting. They had to have it on a Friday. I really work hard on keeping several Fridays a week open so I can catch up for the week, prepare for the next week, and also just try to get out of the office early. So I did leave the office like at 1 o'clock. I went and had lunch and went home for the day because I was fatigued beyond belief. I came home and and slept, and when I woke up, I didn't even know who I was or if it was the morning or the afternoon or the evening. Like, I was so discombobulated. So that's the kind of fatigue that I'm having. So I was coming up with some tips to um, prevent both general fatigue and compassion fatigue. And again, to go back to compassion fatigue, in an occupation like a lawyer, the thing is that all day you hear trauma stories and stress stories. So you get, and this is a real thing, and I remember I went to a seminar probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, could be a little bit less, and it was on attorney wellness. It was my first attorney wellness seminar, and it changed my life. And there was a speaker who talked about compassion fatigue, also known as secondary traumatic stress, or vicarious trauma. And it is common among medical care professionals, first responders, lawyers, lots of other people. And you just, the, the, the types of symptoms are emotional and physical exhaustion, irritability, sometimes substance abuse, burnout from your career, and maybe just like slow judgment because you're so overwhelmed. And this is the cumulative effect of witnessing stress, anxiety, and depression day after day. So what can you do? A big one for me was just learning about it. Um, the speaker that the seminar that I went to, she had a book for sale. I bought it from her. It was one of my first wellness books that I ever read. And it led to me reading more of any type of book that you can imagine regarding wellness, time management. To me, time management is a big part of managing compassion fatigue when you can just make sure that your schedule is managed in a way that you are not killing yourself. So something that I do is I will do appointments. I'll try to do most of my appointments on one or two, sometimes three days of the week. So I'm going to have at least one really, really bad day of just appointments. And then I'll have one that's maybe like an overflow day, um, which has a lot. And if I really, really need it, I'll do a third day. But otherwise, I'm going to push appointments to the next week. I've said this a million times in this podcast, which is I used to schedule appointments by looking at my calendar, and if there was an open spot, I would just put the person in. That included Saturdays. And I became so tired. I had no time to recoup. I had no time to do the work that I needed to do. Also, I was doing very inefficient scheduling. So say I would have a meeting at 1 o'clock, and then 
instead of scheduling the next person at 2, maybe the next person would be scheduled at 3.30. So I would start to get into a project, and then I would um, be interrupted by the meeting, and I was less efficient. A more efficient plan would have been to do a 1 o'clock, a 2 o'clock, and then worked on my project for the rest of the day. So the a, a very big thing you can do is just understand that the symptoms are of compassion fatigue. They're natural, and you can manage them. And you can manage them by very, very, very different types of of tips, and both in organizational and healthcare, and just uh, self care. So you can talk to someone. That can be something. I and maybe I need to do this. I'm given the advice, but I don't do it. I don't see um, a therapist. Uh, it, I'll talk to um, my husband actually quite a bit. He's a really, really good listener. So maybe that's why I felt like I've never needed to put a therapist on top of it. But just sort of that vent, uh, you know, I'll come back and I'll be like, oh, like this happened with my schedule today. And just hearing, just being able to say it and get it out there, it's a relief. I also attend church. And although I'm not talking to someone at the church in as part of my my worship, I'm talking to God. I'm talking to a higher power. I'm like giving it up to him. I'm giving it to God, whatever I'm feeling. So I I am talking to God on it. I do just want to share something that I heard in church um, yesterday. And this is totally off the subject, but it was a sermon that really meant a lot to me. And it was talking to people about your faith. And I attend CCV. And um, the pastor did a really good sermon where he said, we'll tell people about restaurants we've been to. Restaurants we've been to, shows we've streamed on Netflix, a great movie we saw. But we don't tell people about maybe the number one important thing to us, which is our faith. And a lot of times when people go into church, they feel very judged and they um, come in and they're, you know, they're told, you are this, you are that, you are a sinner, you're going to go to hell. And they turn on their heels and they leave church and they never go back and they have the worst taste in their mouth. I went to church, um, I went to and heard a pastor speak at a celebrating recovery meeting. Um, oh my gosh, how many years ago now? Probably over 10, 10, 11. And um, I heard him speak, and my husband was with me. We heard him speak together, and it changed everything for us. And we started going to that pastor's church for many years, and he relocated. And so now we go to CCV, which is in town. And the sermon that I attended yesterday was just very, it made me really, really think, like how much we talk about, um, you know, pop culture. I, you know, I'll, I'll talk to somebody about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez getting back together before I'll talk to someone about my faith. And I'm, I'm always very scared to offend. I don't want to 
appear stupid if I can't answer questions. Um, and the pastor, um, I attend CCV now, and he said, if you just want to talk to someone about your faith, tell the story of how you got where you were. And that story is in three paragraphs, which is, I was, so you talk about what you had going on, like I was very unhappy or whatever. Uh, I was, I had addictions. And then you say, then God, and then you said what God did for you. And then you say, and now, and a lot of times it's, I'm happy. I found peace. And so I just wanted to share that. And also, um, at CCV, they are doing a program where they're just being very welcoming and they're doing a lot of uh, social media outreach and commercials and check it out or check out another church. It can really, really help you, um, in your life and it can help with the fatigue. Every weekend I attend a church service and I've been doing it virtually for quite some time now. And I've gone back a few times in person. I'm still a little squeamish about it. And and I'll be frank about this. I've also gotten lazy about it. Where a lot of times um, it's just so much easier to do it online. I put in my headphones and I can sit on my bed and just do church. Luckily, I still feel I'm getting something from it, and it is a reset for me for the week. So after a week of being just pummeled by the job, I'll do a church service, and and some affect me more than others. You know, not like every week is a revelation to me, but I'll I'll do it, and I'll just feel refreshed or hopeful, um, many different feelings. Um, not alone, you know, that there's other people going through the same thing. Uh, just lots and lots of different feelings and uh, motivators uh, by going to church. I, I get a lot from it. So I recommend that as well for compassion fatigue. Another one is to take more and longer vacations. I will be honest, I have a problem with long vacations. I just do not feel I have the time for it. To go on a four-day vacation requires a ton of planning for me. And when I get back, I end up working as catch-up time, probably almost as many hours as I would have worked during the vacation. That is not cool. That is not a vacation. And I have to have more boundaries on vacation. I do work during vacations. I answer emails during vacation. I will return some calls. Some clients have my cell phone. And, you know, even if you take one phone call, say, and it's 30 minutes, I mean, the day, the amount of time out of your vacation, that's a huge chunk. And if you're doing emails, that sucks time. That just sucks your time. So I'm trying more and more to avoid working vacations. On my last one, I did emails in the morning. And those would take, my goal was to be done in like 30 minutes. But it honestly was more like an hour and a half. 
and by the time I finished, everyone was up and yelling at me that they were ready to go to breakfast for quite some time. I didn't do them in the evening, which was different from what I did before, and would just relax in the evening or we were doing some sort of activities. So I'm really, really trying to work on boundaries because I do need to recharge my batteries. And um, I had heard that Mother Teresa required her nuns to take one year off out of every five years. Can you imagine how refreshed you would be and rearing to go if you could take an entire year off? Like I can't even imagine. It just sounds glorious. So I'll have to do it it by taking more vacations. And with the pan- pandemic, I was taking no vacations. I think I did one to Coronado, like during the pandemic. And that was it. Like, I can't think of anything else. And, you know, I really wasn't doing activities, like still, like tons of stuff was shut down. I tried to find um, getaways within walks and, you know, exercise and yoga. But trips to me have really been something that takes me away from it all. I even spent a lot of time, and these still haven't come back, and and now with everything being back the way, being terrible again in terms of the spread of the virus, is that I would go to out-of-state seminars. And that to me was, I could relax and learn And I always felt really refreshed after those because it was something that I did where, number one, I traveled by myself. So I wasn't like running around Disneyland trying to get everybody on all the rides, (laughs) which can be exhausting. But I would just sit and learn and at night um, read in the hotel or just walk the streets and have a quiet dinner and um, meet people at the seminar. And it was lovely. You know, I would do a couple of those every year. And I'm really looking forward to that starting again, because you do get that time away from the office where you can learn. And this last year, there's been online seminars, I'm not getting a 10th of what I would get out of a in person out of state seminar, even the ones that are in state, and I leave the office, I, it's the, I'm too close to the office. You know, what's happening is I'm going to the office in the morning or going to the office afterwards. It's not that break from being entirely away from the office. So get away is really the bottom line. Also establish healthy routines, including sleep. This one is very important to me because when I am getting fatigued, I will tell you what I'll do. I'll drink more coffee in the afternoon and we have pieces of chocolate at the office and when I start to feel a dip, I will go grab a piece of chocolate. That's not good. I mean, if I'm getting a piece a week, maybe, but if I'm getting a couple pieces a day trying to get that little sugar rush, it's making me more tired. So I try really hard to do healthy routines, to have... um. I like to ease into the morning. And so 
you know, you can't help it, but there's going to be some mornings where you're going to have an early court hearing, an early meeting, you know, whatever you have going on. And I noticed a lot more of the judges are starting to say the hearings are in person. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. They were all starting to go back in person and then everyone started getting sick again. It seemed like it slowed down. And then the last few days that I was opening up my mail, a bunch of things said in person. So I have no idea. Every day is a new day, which also leads to fatigue. I'm, every day I'm playing catch up because nothing is settled. There's nothing that I can predict. So I try to keep a healthy routine as much as possible. I like to rise with the sun. So whenever the sun is up in the sky, I want to be up. Right now, it's around 530. On Sundays, I let myself sleep without an alarm. And I still usually get up about six. I get up around the same time. I like to be in bed by eight, not sleeping by eight. But I just want to be in bed, maybe answer a last few emails of the night, um, go through some personal emails and just clean out my inbox. Um, look at my calendar for tomorrow. Just kind of pull it out and look at it and just get ready. And if I have my preference, I'm sleeping by nine. I had a couple days this week, like I said, with getting home really late. And when you get home late, you just can't leave and go to bed. Like everyone's, you know, clamoring to see you. You're, you know, not ready for bed. I had, uh, usually coffee doesn't keep me up. I can drink a cup of coffee and go straight to bed. But I had a nice coffee on Wednesday, the day that I had the crazy day. And I was um, like jittery, you know, and I couldn't go to sleep. So I ended up falling asleep after 10. The next day ended up being the same thing. I find that when my work schedule is crazy, when night comes, I, even if I haven't had too much coffee, I just have this jittery feeling and it's hard for me to unwind. So I try very hard to make sure that I'm just decompressing at night and um and just refreshing and getting to sleep early. And then when I wake up, I feel good instead of waking up feeling fatigued. And the last few days when I've woke up, I have been really tired, like really, really tired. And this morning I woke up at six for a second, felt great, and then just felt exhausted. I also try to incorporate some sort of movement every day. When the weather is nice, it's walks for me. Just being in nature and seeing the clouds and the sun and the plants. And there is an area nearby where hot air balloon trips are. And sometimes you walk outside and there's a 10 hot air balloons in the sky. And it's such a joy. And I love to take my grandsons for walks. And my one who's two year old, who's two years old, he talks a lot, like a ton. And when we're walking, and I've done this since he was itty bitty, I'll just tell him what I'm looking at. Like, look at them. There's hot air balloons, and look at that cactus, and there's a a bird, and you know we'll talk. And now he does it. Like I'll be like, oh, Mima, look at all the cars. You know he um, he just talks and talks and talks, and just being outside is great. And we're smack dab 
still in the middle of the summer. And I'm definitely feeling fatigue from that. The worst months in Arizona are July, August, September. June gets really hot, but you still kind of have the mornings. And sometimes, you know, for part of the month, even the evenings, when it gets dark and first thing in the morning, it's kind of nice. But July comes around and it's just hot. And we've had a ton of humidity, like a ton. We've had so much rain and the, we need it. Like we need the rain, but it's making everything so sticky. So it rained a ton on Friday night and I woke up and I looked at my watch for the temperature and it said 74 degrees and I was so excited and I went outside and it was sticky and I took the kids for a walk and when I came back there was just a sweat like my face was all sweaty my back was all sweaty it just was ugh. and there's going to be several more weeks of this I'm thanking um thanking God right now like getting me through another summer like we're in the middle of it so this is uh, being Miss Brightside, but we're in the middle of it. So it means we've already done the first half. And a lot of times in September, I try not to get too excited about September because here is the thing that I have done for years is that, and, and it's because I grew up in Illinois and I've gotten more used to it in Arizona, but September would roll around in Arizona and I would be looking at my sweaters and my boots and the fall magazines come and everyone's wearing um, plaids and, you know, heavy clothes and jackets. And that is not September in Arizona. L- last year, I think, and the year before, September was kind of nice. At least in September, most of the time you start getting uh, good mornings again and the humidity is gone. So you get like a little something in September. You get a little bit of a break. But sometimes September can be really hot and it just floats right into October. There have been many in October where I have taken my daughter trick-or-treating and it is steaming out. Like it's steaming on Halloween night. And, um, you know, you're, you're definitely on Halloween you're grabbing a jacket <laughs> But no, it's way too hot. And, um, you know, a lot of times you're in a costume. Like I've been dressing up for the last several years, which has been very, very fun. And um, it's just hot as heck. And then by the time you get to November, it's, it's great. But I will tell you, I do remember one year a very, very hot Thanksgiving where my mom was still in Illinois and I was calling her and I'm like, it is like 90 degrees out and I have a, you know, I have all this food in the oven and it's just hot. So in any event, fingers crossed, prayers said for a great September. We're in the middle of August right now. I'm definitely ready to get outside. And um, when I can't get outside to do some exercise, I'm doing a lot of YouTube videos. I'm back. Um, I'm doing the Cindy Crawford Cindy Crawford videos from the 90s. I feel a lot of nostalgic when I do them. Um, I've been taking a break from Pamela Reef. She's a, a very young uh, person who does great workouts, but I'm having some problems with my hip and my back. So sometimes it can strain a little bit too much. When I really feel like I can't do 
sort of a workout workout, I'll put on restorative yoga and that will help quite a bit. But I do something, like just something to have some movement, some stretching. Another thing to do is do something that's not your career. Um, so like I said, a big one for me is just going outside. Another big one for me is reading. I like, love to read. I'm always reading probably six or seven books at the same time. Um, my family thinks it's insane. But I don't know. I feel like I'm covering more ground. And also, if I'm not into a book, I feel that I can abandon it a little bit easier. Like I don't feel like I have to finish it, which is always how I felt in the past. I, f I finished many a books that I really, really didn't enjoy. Uh, join some sort of social group. This one's harder right now because how do we get back together safely? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But it was something that I was doing before the pandemic. I was in a group through my church. I went there every Wednesday. Uh, we would socialize in the group, sometimes socialize outside the group. Uh, recently, I got together with a friend at the mall. I hadn't done that in forever. And we just walked, and she's a lawyer too. And we walked and we talked some law stuff, but a lot about uh, just family and whatever else was going on in our lives. Um, adjust your work schedule as necessary. And I'm doing this constantly. I am constantly thinking about what I should be taking in terms of work, if I should um, eliminate maybe a practice area. I haven't taken it that far yet, but on this one uh, marketing uh, platform that I'm on, I have been shutting it off occasionally. And there's another one that I'm on that I just really haven't been using it. I'm, I'm using it because they do a great profile, but for accessing the leads I really haven't been doing because I haven't needed them. So, you know, let them go to somebody else. And on the other one, I can do um, out of office, so I'm not getting the calls. And I did that for almost the entire summer on this one, because it just gets really, really busy. And within a couple of days, I'll have, you know, several new clients from it. And I'll need to shut it off, you know, for a little bit. And that's what I ended up doing on Friday. I was like, okay, I'm getting a lot of calls from this one. And I need to um, take a break from it. Because with my other cases, just need like a little bit of time off. Plus, I have the trip coming up on the weekend, um, next weekend. So I just need it to be a little bit more quiet, even though it really won't be. My next Tuesday, I have court and so many meetings, but you know, what can you do? All right. Find joy daily. And I find this a lot with just having two babies in the house. They make me laugh every day. You know, they're so cuddly and they're always funny and there's always something going on. And Gray took his first steps over the last couple of weeks. And then yesterday was just walking <laughs> like he I don't even think he knows he's walking he would just be walking like six or seven steps and then he'd 
sit down and crawl. But he walks so funny. He's just kind of swinging his whole body like a Frankenstein and making me laugh, which is the other thing you can do is just laugh. And um, my three daughters are really funny, and they make me laugh all the time. They're always singing silly songs, and I laugh at them so much. All right. And then lastly, you know, just be with the people that you love. That can be very, very restorative. I think I said lastly, but I don't mean lastly. I have more. Um, additionally, be with the people you love. Excuse me for a second. <coughs> Sorry about that. With all this rain, I just have had like the worst like asthma and wheezing. It's the air quality is just ugh. And the humidity. It's just not good. Which gets me to the other one, which is breathe. Sometimes I realize I'm not really even breathing. Like take a deep breath all the way to your stomach and feel how different that feels from how well, this is for me, but I'm guessing a lot of other people. I usually breathe where it goes, like maybe right to my sternum, maybe right even to my neck. Like I'm not getting those deep breaths all the way to my belly. And taking one can make me feel less fatigued, less stressed. It's crazy. And I forget to do it. So I have to remind myself constantly, breathe. Remember what you're grateful for. After that stink week of last week, on Friday, I got a call from a district court judge in Tucson to tell me I was being given an award for one of the attorneys of the year in Arizona. Like, oh my goodness. You know, it just made me feel so grateful and so happy. Like, where did that come from after just, ugh, like, ugh, <laughs> like, that's how I felt all week, ugh. <laughs> and uh, my, my sister-in-law told me I was being dramatic because she came over yesterday. It was Saturday. And we were hanging out, and we each had a margarita. And um, I, she was like, you look so tired. And it was nine o'clock and I'm like, I am so tired. And I was, you know, bitching about the week and she goes, ah, you're so dramatic. And I probably am a little bit, <laughs> but I was like, I was just so fatigued, which and another thing you can do to stop with being, feeling fatigued is try to stay away from bad news. I think that had a lot to do with how I felt this week. Because in the last month or so, it felt like there was a light at the end of the tunnel with all of this. You know, in, I think it was June or May, I started prepping for trips. Like there was stuff on my calendar to look forward to. And this last week, all I've heard about is people getting COVID, that Numbers are rising in Arizona. People that I personally know, people that I personally know that have the vaccine 
have been getting COVID. Like that is a, a bummer beyond belief. And, um, you know, every morning there's an article from CNN and it's just the worst news ever. And so, you know, obviously stay informed, but don't doom scroll, like stay away from it. It's, and it's hard because you want to have information and, and all, and it seems to me too, like what's also very difficult is a lot of the information is conflicting. So you don't even know like what, if the information is correct, which is very disheartening. So stay away from it as much as possible. Um, try not to use your phone right before bed. I was looking at my phone time last week and it was really low. I was very pleased. And a lot of it had to do with, um, that I was just so busy that I wasn't on my phone at all. And luckily I'm just not on my phone that much, but the less, the better. There's so many times where I'll go places and I'll just see people like on their phone constantly. And I have an Apple watch, which I love, you know, but when there will be a day when I'm getting a ton of text messages, my watch is just alerting me over and over again about all these text messages. And you just need to be away from that stuff sometimes. So all of this, these tips are both for just general fatigue and compassion fatigue. And we all have it all, you know, um, we might be take, we might be caregivers for someone. So we have compassion fatigue and you're just tired in general from it. So any kind of occupation can have this. So I hope that some of this has helped. I haven't really been watching any movies, so I don't have any movie reviews for you, but I do have three shows that I've been watching. I think one that I've talked about before. I might have talked about two of them before. But I'm almost done with the two seasons of Never Have I Ever. That show is really fun. It's really funny. And um, the lead actress is so good. Like, she's so good. And the supporting, um, the supporting uh, cast is wonderful. And it's a high school show. So... I was not wanting to watch it because <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't really need a high school show in my life. And my sister-in-law kept telling me, you know, watch it. And I kept hearing really, really good things about it in articles. And Mindy Kaling writes most of the, of the episodes and she's an executive producer of it. And I loved her show. So I thought I'd give it a shot and I was instantly hooked. So I'm almost done through it with it. I started watching White Lotus on HBO, which is getting talked about quite a bit. I don't know how much I'm enjoying it. Uh, one reason that I'm watching it is because it takes place in Hawaii, and I'm supposed to be going to Hawaii at the end of September, so I figured that I would watch this and get like a little taste of Hawaii, but it's a weird show. It's just odd. And there's some sort of mystery that gets revealed. And I think tonight is the night that that episode plays. And I know a lot of people are talking about this show, but I don't know how much I'm feeling it. I'm about into the second episode. It has a great cast, like a really good cast. And um, every week there's a new American Horror Stories. And I've liked them all. You know, it's kind of like the Twilight Zone or Tales from the 
Crypt, our Creep Show, and they're uh, unrelated to, uh, you know, American Horror Stories has like a, a story arc. And some of them um, are a little bit related to some of the American Horror Story. Uh, the first one was very related to um, Murder House and had the um, house, you know. But you could have watched it and not known a thing about the show. So in any event, that's what I'm watching. So I'll recommend all three. White Lotus, like I said, I'm not really sure. But um, I'm intrigued enough that I'm going to keep trying to watch it. So thanks so much. I'll be back in two weeks. Take care of yourself in those two weeks. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under my law office. You can find me on my website, brummerlaw.com. The website is also on Patreon with uh, special deals for listeners. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.